everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 105 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about standards and specifically maintaining high standards. What are the pros and cons of having high standards? Because if you have them, what if you fall short? We're going to talk about that and a little bit more on today's episode. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So setting high standards is the topic of the day, and it came because with a lot of ideas as the cross-country season gets going, we had this uh, sort of talk with our team about how to set and try and maintain some high standards. Yeah, we definitely had this talk with our team this week because... Some of them were doing great and were like pushing and we notice, you know, we notice with the team every year, there's definitely multiple groups of people and there are some kids on the team that are motivated and they are putting the effort forth and they are going out there every day and they're trying to get better and they set goals for themselves and they're going for it. And then there's other people on the team that don't do all of those things. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this before of, um, it has to do with goal setting and trying to figure out what the appropriate goal is. And every spring I have a meeting with all the cross country kids and you're there and we talk about goals and we have them think and write it down. And the problem is they all hand back their goals within like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. There's not really any thought to it. Some of them scribble a time down on the page. Others are like, I want to have fun. it's like, well, what we're trying to get here is what what's involved in setting the high standards. What should you be aiming for for that goal? Like, what what's the point of having a standard in the first place? Yeah, so when we were thinking about the team and noticing, you know, the differences between the individuals, we wanted to make it more uniform throughout the team and un- have the team understand that you need to be putting forth the effort if you want to get better. And that is an expectation that we have of you as your coaches. As your coaches, we have a high standard for you and for this team. And if you don't want to be a part of that, then maybe this team isn't the right place for you. And we pride ourselves in being a no-cut sport. You know, it doesn't matter how fast you run or anything like that. You can always come out and be a part of our cross-country team. Like, That's we part are of the glory welcoming. of running is Absolutely. running is incredibly welcoming. Right. But there's a difference between people that are coming out and putting in the effort and running, you know, a 40-minute 5K. Those kids are awesome. Like, we love coaching those kids. But then there's those people that just come to practice and they kind of slack off and you can tell they're not really putting in any effort and they're distracting the other runners and they're, you know, just out there being a goofball and making jokes. And, and there's definitely a time and a place to have fun. We obviously want our high school kids to have fun on our cross-country team. Occasionally. Okay. <laughs> But they also need to understand that there's also a place for discipline and hard work and putting in the work, putting in the effort. Right. I mean, if you're going to be spending time at really anything, if you're going to seriously put time into some activity, Mm. you should, I think, start trying to pursue excellence in that activity. So kind of phoning it in and being like, ah, I'm running good enough. I'm fast enough to be in, you know, on a cross country team to be in the top seven puts you on our varsity squad. So I'm fast enough to be in the top seven, that means I don't have to try any harder. Yeah. Like I don't have to come to practice every day or I don't have to run on the weekends or I don't have to do that. And like that person is going to bring the team down because especially if they are fast enough to be on the varsity squad without putting in the work, then that's telling the other kids that, you know, their work isn't good enough. Like it's sending this 
um, unconscious message or subconscious message to the rest of the team and basically saying like, yeah, this kid doesn't have to do as much work as you and yet he's still faster than you and he's going to be rewarded by being on varsity. Like right. that's not something that we want to put out there either. That's that's disheartening to everybody. Yeah. And then you get one person that says, no, you don't have to try that hard because this is good enough. And then that, that idea of right. it's good enough good starts enough. spreading through the team. Yeah. And that that's not going to work very well when the when the goal is strive for excellence and it doesn't have to mean that you're you're winning the state meet that doesn't mean that you're winning every single race that you're in mm-hmm. it means that you are striving to be as good as you possibly can be right um, so we basically took this idea and wanted to apply it to you guys, to our real life runners tribe out there, because there's a lot of applications to this. Like, yes, we, we coach a high school team and that's definitely a set of real life runners and they've got their own challenges and, um, obstacles and high school. (laughs) So, um, but you know, what about the rest of us? Like, how does this standard, you know, maintaining high standards, how does this apply to us? So first of all, we think that in all things that you do, you should be pursuing greatness. If you are going to spend your time doing something, then why are you doing it if you're not trying to be excellent at it? Like why would you just do something to do something? Like I think that that's an important question to ask ourselves. And I think that some of us do fall into that sometimes, that we're just going through the motions of, of our daily lives. Like, And, and we, don't, we are not necessarily thinking about trying to pursue greatness in all things that we do or even in the major things that we do. Like there's a lot that we do. There's obviously running, there's parenting, there's being maybe you're a spouse. If you have a husband or wife, um, there is whatever your job is. There's a lot of different roles that we play in our lives. And so I think that it's good to just sit back and take inventory of that and kind of say like, how am I showing up in these different roles? Am I trying to be my best here? Am I actually pursuing greatness? And if I'm not, why aren't I? Well, this is the difference between actually trying to come up with tasks that move the needle and stuff that just sort of looks like you're doing things. Yeah. Like, am I actually trying to pursue greatness or am I actually just looking really, really busy? Mm-hmm. You know, like there are there are aspects of my job in, in teaching where it's sort of like, all right, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I'm not really moving the needle substantially. I'm doing a lot of what keeps me busy. It it is literally busy work to try and like... It's called busy work for a reason. Right, exactly. It makes it look like you're doing a lot of stuff, but then you sit back at the end of the the day and you're like, what did I accomplish today? Like I never stopped doing things, but what did I actually accomplish? Did any of that move me towards excellence? So actually look at your tasks and see if these are actually substantial needle moving tasks. Mm -hmm. Right, but a lot of times we spend our time in mediocrity and we waste our time doing these small menial tasks that need to get done, but they're not actually helping us to become better people or better runners or better parents or better workers or whatever it is that you're pursuing, whatever it is, however you're spending your time. So don't spend your time in mediocrity. Actually think about those tasks and what you're doing and how you can do them better. And if you don't care about those tasks, then maybe think about why you're doing them in the first place and maybe think about something that you can do instead of those. I mean, and if that's your job, like if you don't like your job and you're just going through the motions just so you can get a paycheck, like that 
can start to get kind of soul sucking after a, lo- a while. <laughs> yes, that's that's where that phrase comes nicely. You know, like if you don't really enjoy what it is that you're doing, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Because then you you literally are going to go almost out of your way, whether it's conscious or not. You're going to just start doing the tasks that are the bare minimum requirements. And then you are living completely surrounded by mediocrity. And then that mediocrity in one aspect of your life starts flowing into the rest of them. Because the more time you spend in this, I all I have to do is these menial tasks, the more your mind says, this is what I do all day long. And this is this is my state of comfort. This is where I like to be. This is, this is what I do. So this is where I should stay. Mm-hmm. And it spreads to everything. Right. And that's part of the issue that we wanted to nip in the bud, you know, with the team. Good phrase. Because you can't settle for mediocrity and expect that not to rub off on the people around you. So the people on our team that were just okay with whatever and just going out and doing whatever and not really putting forth that effort, like Kevin said before, that is going to rub off on the other people on the team. And then all of a sudden, they're not putting in the effort and they're not reaching – you know, higher and and trying to pursue greatness and excellence. And then we're just this mediocre team filled with a bunch of people that are just going through the motions. Right. I I think it literally is a lack of respect to the people around you. You're disrespecting someone else who's trying to work hard. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter to them because is this is just what I'm doing. But they can watch you do it. Yeah. Like they can see that you're not trying very hard. And then they're like, oh, well, they're not trying very hard. Why should I? Mm-hmm. It works so much better to to work hard, to strive for excellence if you mm-hmm. surround yourself with other people who are also striving for excellence. Yeah, I actually just had this conversation with one of the girls on our team uh, last week. She came out and she's just been having a tough time this season. And I watch her at practice and and she's just she seems miserable. And so I just had a talk with her and I said, what's going on? You know, like, do you want to be out here? Why are you on this team? Like, why do you want to be on this team? And she said, well, I like it because I like to be a part of a team and my time doesn't affect the rest of the people on the team. And I was like, actually, but I said to her, I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're out here and that you like being a part of a team, but that's not right what you just said. Like you you do affect the other people on the team because they can watch you. Like they're watching the effort that you're putting forth. They're watching what you do. And you can either choose to help lift the team up or you can choose to bring the team down. Like your actions do affect the rest of the team and your team watches how you perform. And when you are really pushing hard, you can inspire other people. Even if they're faster than you, you can inspire those people to push harder because they can see you pushing hard. So they're like, well, if she's doing it, then I should do it too. And then you start to get faster and then you start catching those people. And then then they start thinking to themselves, oh, here she is like before she was way back there and now she's right behind me. Maybe I should start pushing a little faster and seeing how much more you know, I can do how much faster I can get. So yes, like you still matter to this team, no matter how fast or slow your time is on the clock, like the effort that you put forth in practice and how you show up in your attitude affects every single person on this team. Right. There, there's no neutral. You're either kind of swinging everything towards the positive or you're pulling it towards the negative. You, you can't be that close and connected to the people around you and think that you don't affect them. 
you do. That's that's how humans work. We all we actually interact with the people around us. <laughs> as long as we're not staring at our phones. Well, yeah, but then <laughs> then you're interacting with whatever it says on your phone, and right. you know, check the the latest negative headline coming to you, and then try and figure out what your attitude is for the rest of the day. Well, yeah. the last four headlines that popped on my phone were all negative. That's because what's that? the news is there to make you click. Right. So what's that going to do to my general outlook if I click and I read all of these stories? Yeah. Like that's just going to change my mind for like you you are affected by the world around you. So surround yourself with people that are going to help build you up and you help build the people around you up. Mm-hmm. That's that's how you get out of this mediocrity and the whole crew rises together. Well, and it's like that old saying of you are the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Oh, you are a combination. I said that in class last year yeah. and one of the kids goes, uh-oh. <laughs> you are a combination of the people that you spend the most time with, the five people that you spend the most time with. So who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, that's one of the great things about this cross-country team is like all these kids are really pursuing greatness. And I shouldn't say all of them, but the vast majority of them are pursuing greatness in all things. Like they are trying really hard in school. We consistently have either the number one or the number two GPA, like team GPA in the entire school. So these are really good kids that are are trying and they're pushing hard. And that's one of the reasons that they chose running as their sport. Right, which makes it kind of tricky for practice because they also have like six clubs that they're in and National Honor Society (laughs) and student government and blah, 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 blah. But if they miss a practice or they can't get to something, they've got some sort of conflict, they'll just let us know, hey, I've got this conflict. What's the practice? Yeah, what do I need to do today? And and they'll find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. When you're not working at that level, where you're not pursuing excellence, it's like, oh, I got a conflict. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. There's no can't here. Yeah. It's it's a choice. You can do whatever you want. You just have to choose what else you're, you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. So when you are pursuing excellence, you're avoiding the mediocrity. You're figuring out which things matter to you. You're setting your goals with them, and you're pursuing those goals towards excellence. Right, and... Another key for goal setting is to set goals that are a little scary. And we've talked to our team about this this season as well because some of them set their goals and we look at them and Kevin and I will just kind of chuckle and we're like, oh, you're hitting that in like the second meet of the year. Like you are way faster than that and capable of so much more than that. Yeah, like that's that's 10 seconds faster than you just ran. Right. There's two more months in the school. What do you yeah. know? Yeah, <laughs> time, to, time to think a little bit bigger and set goals that scare you a little bit. And I think that that applies to us as well. Like in our running for sure, um, I think that we do need to set those goals that might seem a little bit scary at first. Like when you first told me that you wanted me to go under seven minutes for a mile or you thought that I could go seven minutes for... You were a little scared. I was very scared because I knew that that was going to hurt (laughs) a lot. And it was a scary thing. And I, I couldn't imagine that I was ever able to do that. Like I never would have been able to tell you that I would have been able to run that fast. Right. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody else at least push you in a, in a direction of like, hey, have you considered this? Like you can't have somebody else setting goals for you because right. then they're hard for you to buy into. Yeah. It's just like this, kind of, oh, they said it, but I don't know. Like one of the kids have, have asked me that before. Like, hey, coach, how fast do you think I can get? I'm like, mm, 
I got a number in mind, but how fast do you think you can get? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not running the race. I'm not putting in the training for you. It doesn't matter how many miles I put in over the weekend. It matters how many miles you put in over the weekend. So when they're super scared starting the starting line, like, ooh, I don't know if I can break 30 minutes today, then you're not going to break 30 minutes. When you get to the starting line, you're like, I am a 28-minute 5K runner then that's a possibility on that day. Mm -hmm. It's not a guarantee, but it is a possibility because at least you're open to it. You're like, I've been training as a 28-minute 5K runner. I've been training as a 25, like whatever that number is out there. And that's what you're pursuing. This applies to everything in life. You pick a goal that is a little bit scary, that is close enough that you can you can visualize it, mm-hmm. but when you visualize it, you're sort of like, mm, wow, I don't know how I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. A little nervous about it. You kind of feel it in your stomach almost, mm-hmm. but it's still something you can visualize. Yeah, because if the goal is too big, then it becomes something that you don't actually believe that you can reach, and so then you're not going to work hard to get it because it's just too big and too out there. But if that goal is... A little scary like it's definitely outside your comfort zone like you know that you couldn't go do that today or tomorrow like you know that there's going to be work involved but you can see the path to it and that if you do the work you think that you'll probably be able to achieve it like I feel like that's a good uh, measure of, of a good scary goal right you shouldn't just be scared you should be like uncomfortable, but also excited at the same time. Yes. If it's only uncomfortable or if it's like, if your response is laughter to it, that <laughs> might be too far because <laughs> if you're just like, that's just ridiculous, then you, you don't have the buy-in. It needs to be scary, but something that you're like, all right, but I could, I could see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. I might need some help. I'm going to need some resources. I'm going to need some support. I'm going to need some time. Right. I'm going to need a training crew that helps lift me up to that goal, mm-hmm. but I, I can do that. Yeah. I, I, I can do that. I can wrap my head around that goal, even though it's a little scary, even though you might not want to share it with other people, there's still that level of excitement to it. Mm-hmm. So that is basically a lot of the ideas and thoughts that we have around pursuing greatness. Now, the next thing that we want to say is after you decide that you're going to pursue greatness and you set these slightly scary goals that are going to help push you along the path. Number two is you have to expect that you're not always going to meet those goals. Yeah. Yeah. The the swing and the miss is, is likely to happen if the goal is actually big and scary. Right. Especially on the first attempt. Right. That's the thing is it's not never going to happen. It's going to happen. Success Mm -hmm. is coming, but it might not come on, on your ideal timeline. That's, that's the thing. Um, like correctly sized goals. If you actually think of the goal and you're like, whoa, okay, I can, I can do that. And you're like, I can do that. I can do that in three months. Maybe that three months is not the right timeline because it's really tough to predict the timeline. Right. But you don't know that until you start working towards it. Exactly. Like, but you have to choose a timeline. See that? So that's the thing is like, you need, once you have those goals in mind, you need to set a date. You need to set a timeline for it because you need to start working towards that goal. And then as you work towards it, you might start to realize, okay, maybe this wasn't the right timeline. Maybe this needs a little bit more time, or maybe you achieve it before you expected to as well. Like that could be 
totally a thing as well. Like you could achieve your goals sooner than you expected. Very much so. And then you make another goal that's also nice and big and scary. Mm-hmm. And if it if it's beyond your initial timeline, you're like, I've got this in three months. That three months is like a classic timeline. It's like the 90 days. You can wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you don't get in that timeline, that does not mean that you failed. That means that goal is still there. You're still pursuing it. Mm-hmm. When you hit that 90 days, look back and see how far you've come. Yeah. Okay? Because when you make that timeline, one of the things that you have to do is take a actual legit full honest look at your current standing Mm -hmm. like if you don't really dig into where you currently are Mm -hmm. you have no idea what it's going to take to get to the goal and if you lie to yourself then you're just setting yourself up for a failure oh god don't lie to yourself oh i'm i'm already capable of this like if if you tell yourself let's say you're trying to hit i don't know 25 minutes for a 5k you're like i could probably do 27 right now Mm -hmm. and you you know for a fact you know in reality the answer is 30 Mm-hmm. You're five minutes away. You're not two. That's a whole different level that you're working with. Right, because if you, you're you like, oh, well, I haven't run 27, but I could run 27. I could, I could do yeah. it. Because the last time I ran 30, it was hot out. It was windy out. It was this. It was that. Like, okay. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe you could go out and run 27 today, but you haven't done it yet. So if you need to do it, like, go out and try it, you know, like, but don't just assume that you are at that point at 27 if you've never actually run that time. Right. Yeah. Like if you've never actually done it, you don't know what it takes. Right. You need, when you're making bold goals, you need as, as bold and as challenging as those goals are, you need to also then look inside and figure out where the heck you currently are. Mm-hmm. And which is also plenty scary. Oh, that's really scary. Like having that clear, understanding and vision of where you currently are right now without lying to yourself is that that is a scary thing to do because I think that we like to make ourselves feel good right so we we, love to make ourselves feel good (laughs) that's why we put pretty pretty pictures on Instagram (laughs) put the pretty ones up on Instagram (laughs) have you ever looked at your Instagram That's exactly what I think every single time I look at your Instagram is look at those pretty, pretty pictures of my husband. Sometimes they're pretty pictures of the sunset, you know? Yes, or the sunrise. I I would say the sunrise more than the sunset. Usually the sky. (laughs) So anyway, taking that clear look at where you are right now and being completely 100% honest with yourself is the starting point. Like you need to have that clear assessment of where you are right now without any filters without any lies to yourself and say okay this is what I this is where I am right and don't say that you're somewhere that you're not or because if you haven't done it yet even if you think you're capable of it if you haven't done it yet then you don't actually know what it takes to get there like you have to actually hit that time or get that job promotion or do that thing whatever it is to actually know what it takes yes yeah you can't you can't be lying here you got to be really honest physically emotionally like what where are you right now in whatever path you're going mm-hmm. like whatever that goal is where are you on it if it's a running goal that you need both physically and mentally where are you on that path because yeah. the mental aspect is huge like one of the kids on our teams just every time we run another race every time we hit another practice she's like coach I was thinking that running's like 90% mental, but it's, it might be more. Do you think it's more? Like it's, it's awfully <laughs> high up there. Sometimes it is. I think it depends on the race, right? I think that sometimes it can be that. And, and like Kevin said, 
where are you physically? What is your actual number? Like objectively, where are you? And then also, where's your head at? Like, do you actually believe that this is a goal that you can achieve in a reasonable timeline? Because if you don't believe in it, then most likely you will not achieve it. Right. Yeah. You have to have that full belief. Um, and if if it's really far, you might not have to change change the goal, but you might have to um, change your, your timeline. You, know, you might have to think, okay, this is this is the big scary goal that I want, but once I really assess where I currently am, maybe three months isn't the thing. Maybe that's my big goal, but I'm going to hit that in like a year. But first I'm going to hit this goal and this goal. And those those might not be the, the you know, overwhelming, super frightening goals, but they're probably not the, you know, the safest bets in the first place, but you still have that big one out there. Yeah. And you need stepping stones along the way. Like you you need to have those checkpoints along the way so that you can make sure that you're on track toward your goal. Because if you're not hitting those checkpoints, then you maybe need to reassess your path a little bit. And you have to also understand that missing your goal is not a failure. Like there are no such things as failures unless you just decide to quit then then that would be a failure but maybe that's not even a failure sometimes again that also depends on your perception because if you're on the wrong path towards the wrong goal maybe that's a success that you decided to quit that path (laughs) yes yes if you're pursuing greatness and you're like well this path is not the greatness i'm aiming for Mm -hmm. stopping is a win stopping is a win (laughs) right so there are some things in your life where not reaching the goal not only is it not a failure, but it's actually a win. It's actually a success. And instead of thinking, you know, if you do have those goals and you don't reach them in the timeline that you want, instead of saying, I failed at reaching that goal, you're saying, okay, well, I wasn't there yet, but I am on the right path. Like I'm going to keep working towards it until I achieve it. Right. And then you have a new shot of, of, an assessment of your current state because there's a lesson to learn from where you originally were. That's why you take that picture and then where you currently are. Learn the lesson. How long did it take you to make that? Like what, what things actually helped you get from one, from point A to point B? What actions were you taking that had no effect on you? Like were there things that were really like crucial drivers to get you from your starting point to your current point? Because that's where the lesson is. If you came up a little short, you need to really think about what was it that that didn't allow you to get all the way to that goal and how can you get all the way to that goal learn the lesson so that you can continue moving forward don't be like oh i missed i guess this is where i'm at now that's not where you're at now that's just where you're that's the your current state as you continue climbing towards the goal yeah it's not a plateau it's not the end mm-hmm. exactly so our third point when it comes to maintaining high standards so point number one was to pursue greatness in all things number two was to expect to miss your goals and then obviously see them as checkpoints and stepping stones along the way because your success is inevitable. You just might not be in control of the time. And finally, third, do not lower your standards. Yeah. I mean, this goes right back to missing the goal. Missing the goal isn't a failure. It's not like you swing and you miss and well, I guess this is as good as it gets. It's, it was a miss. It was a lesson learned. That does not mean that you now drop your goal down to your current state and say, well, this is me. I guess this is my goal now. Right. It's like 
everybody talks about Babe Ruth in this respect, right? Like no, everybody, yeah. so many people know Babe Ruth for all of the home runs that he hit, but how many times has Babe Ruth struck out? Like I don't know the exact number. I can look it up, but he he also had one of the highest numbers of strikeouts. Um, yeah, in addition had, to the number of home runs that he hit. When he had the record for most home runs, he also had the record for most strikeouts. There in it is. So now, in all of the world of personal development, people love to point that out. People love to point out that Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. There's all these people that are now famous and um, very, very successful in different areas of their lives Abraham Lincoln that's a good one which what was that one he ran for public office something like 20 times before he was elected president and won like one of the elections Mm -hmm. like one out of 20 yeah (laughs) had a a mental breakdown in the middle of his life and then he was elected president yeah I mean like there are so many stories like this of people that tried to achieve a goal and and I shouldn't say failed, but, you know, they did missed. They missed that goal, and then they continued onward and continued onward, and they kept trying and kept trying. And then ultimately, they achieved their goal and then possibly even achieved more than they originally anticipated. I mean... We can't talk to Abraham Lincoln and find out, but no, that'd be you know. cool. Yeah, maybe I mean, we'll, maybe we'll get Jordan on the podcast. Oh, there we go, <laughs> talking to Michael Jordan on the running podcast. I like it. So anyway, if you do miss the goal, don't automatically lower your standards because I think a lot of times people, when they miss a goal, they're like, oh, well, maybe I, maybe I just can't hit that. Maybe that goal was too big. Maybe I'm not fast enough. Maybe that's just not going to happen for me. Oh, I, I'm a slow runner or, oh, I'm a jogger or I'm this or I'm that. Like we start to make these excuses as to why we didn't hit that goal and we're, we lower our standard. Like we are accepting that mediocrity again by lowering the standard, but don't lower your standard. And this is something that we really pushed with the team this week too, is like, these are the standards that we're going to set. And we expect you to meet these standards in order to be on the varsity team. Right. I mean, you, uh, there was something going on on Monday. So it was just me kind of talking with the kids at the beginning of practice. And, um, one of the things that I went over is what it, where are they currently standing numbers-wise? Like if we ran the state meet right now, where would they be? And the boys are roughly at the middle point. There's, there's basically in the state, there's half the teams are better than them and half are not as good. And they were like, all right, we're at 50%. And I'm like, no. Really? You're going to celebrate that? That's not, that's not a point of celebration. Yeah. Like, okay, you have to accept, you have to appreciate where you currently are, but you don't have to celebrate where you currently are. I that's, love that. That's where I was trying to tell them in, in all these races. I'm like, you guys are all great with your current PRs. You are great and you can be better. Yeah. And, and that idea alone is a very interesting point to try to wrap your head around. Yeah. That yeah. Was weird. Accepting where you are and being grateful for it while also while also trying to get better than that. Like knowing that you are amazing and perfect just as you are, but you can also get better. Like that is a an interesting thing to try to wrap your head around. And I keep trying to like plug that into our girls as well. You know, like the, our, our two girls that worry – are raising <laughs> like not just our cross country kids, our actual our children. children. Yeah. Um, like I said, I said that today I said something about our kids and Riley said to me, mom, why do you call them your kids? And I was like, it's just what we call them. Like it's our kids, like it's our cross country kids. Like, so anyway, but, um, understanding and being grateful for it. Like, I love what you just said. That is like 
accepting where you are and appreciating it, but not necessarily celebrating it. Like I think that there's a difference there, but I do think that gratitude is necessary because you need a stepping off point right? So you need to see where you are and be grateful for where you are. And I mean, if you want to celebrate it a little bit, fine, but you need that as a stepping off point because that is going to allow you to reach for more. And you wouldn't be where you are today had it not been for all the things that you've already experienced. And all of those experiences are putting you right where you are, which is the place where you want to reach for more. Yes. And I mean, and right where you are is in fact the perfect spot. When you go and you take that look at yourself and you're like, ooh, I'm not really happy with that. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be exactly where you are. So when you take that assessment, if you're not really excited about it, you're in the perfect spot to spur on the move towards something else. The next change. Like that's why you take the stark look. Like appreciate it. Like everything you've done in your life got you to exactly where you are. Now take that point and be like, okay, this is my goal. These are the actions I'm going to take from here. I appreciate what took me and got me here. And now I'm going to go from here and go do this thing. Mm -hmm. Not just celebrate this thing as the end because there's not a finish. That was, that was part of my issue of them getting so excited. Like, yeah, appreciate it. Like, yes, you've put in, and some of them are putting in the work, Mm -hmm. but some of them are like, okay, good. We're, we're here. Let's just, let's kind of float here. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not, we're not floating here. We're climbing. Like yeah. the goal is much higher than just kind of hanging out here because that's good enough. Good enough isn't. Right. And, and like you said, it, it is good to celebrate because they are better than half the teams in the state. And that, that is a, an accomplishment. They are not the last team in the state. And that is a good thing. But like you said, don't then just accept that. Like you, you can't just accept that and decide, okay, we're, we're good here, you know, is, is that really the life that you want to be leading? Is that really how you want to be showing up to the various aspects of your life? Good enough. Yeah. Uh, this is good enough. This seems fine. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's like, it's one of the, uh, you know, pet peeves of so many parents, their kids come home from school. Hey, how was your day? Fine. No, no, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> what did you do? Nothing. Like it, make it make it better than fine. And I think that that's part of not just the fact that parents want to have a little bit more communication with their kids than just fine. What'd you do? School. What'd you learn? Stuff. But <laughs> they they want to see that the kid is has some level of excitement that they're actually trying to to gain and improve themselves. That their life their day was not just fine. Maybe it was a bad day. Maybe it was a good day. But the fine is that. That middle ground mm-hmm. and you can just get stuck in that middle ground maybe you tried to make it an amazing day and it was one of those days where you in fact swung and missed and you're you're emotionally down because of that mm-hmm. okay. I was so drained yesterday but at least you had emotion put into the day well, there was a lot of emotion a lot yesterday. of emotion put into the day and so then you've got the actual reaction of it looking back at the time, yeah, you, you don't want to be on the down end of the, of the emotions. But looking back on it, I feel like it would be 
You'd much rather have the down days and the up days than every day living in the gray. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what they say, too, is that you can't appreciate the highs without experiencing the lows. Yeah, if someone just walks up and hands you a million dollars, that'd be exciting. But wouldn't it be even more exciting to earn it? Mm -hmm. But if you just had a million dollars ever since you were born, then that would be no big deal. Right. Like, so you wouldn't necessarily be happy about it. You wouldn't really be celebrating it. Like, whereas if you started out on welfare or food stamps and then worked your way to a million dollars, that's going to be much more exciting and fulfilling because you know that that's something that you did. You know that that's something that you worked for. Whereas some someone that just w was handed a million dollars, like you said, as exciting as that is, it's not as exciting as working for it. It's one of the reasons I think that you hear all those stories about the lottery winners, right? Yes. Like the lottery winners, they win all of this money and they end up like blowing it. They end up in jail. They end up like completely ruining their lives, which is like the craziest thing. And, you know, some people call it a curse of, you know, the lottery winning the lotteries is a curse, but it's just the mindset. I think that happens and that comes along with someone just handing you the success or handing you the thing that you thought you wanted. And then you realize, oh, like, why did I want this in the first place? Is this actually fulfilling my needs, my desires? Is this actually making me a happier person? Because a lot of them will buy all the stuff. They'll buy the houses and the cars and all these things. And then they come up empty. Right. Because what they want isn't stuff. What they want is actual happiness. And mm -hmm. that's, that's where the goals come in. That's where the standards come in. Because you work towards them. If you miss the goal and you lower the standard and then you, you're like, oh, okay, well, instead of this big goal, I'll make like a smaller goal and you reach that one, how satisfied are you going to be with that goal? Right. You know, if you if you keep dropping the bar farther and farther until it's like, oh, just just instead of leaping over the bar, just step over this little stick on the ground. Mm -hmm. That's not satisfying. That there's no giant payoff in that. Working and pursuing towards greatness, even if you seem like you just can't quite get there and you're so close, it's a lot more satisfying to leap. You know, let's say you're you're doing the high jump and you set the bar at seven feet. How exciting is it to hit six foot ten versus setting the bar at two feet and clearing it? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you, you missed, but dang, that took an awful lot of work to get there. Yeah. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. And like, I mean, you see it every four years or actually every two years in the Olympics, like yes. these athletes that work for it and work for it and work for it and then they achieve it. And the look of just sheer excitement and joy and just like ecstasy on their face when they finally achieve that goal that they've been working pretty much their whole lives for a lot of them. I mean, some of them, their whole lives. And then because like, depending on the sport, they've got one shot, mm -hmm. like depending on how the age works yeah, out, they, age may out have, of it. they may have one shot. Sometimes yeah. depending on the sport, you can get two or even three rounds in the mm -hmm. Olympics, but some of them have one shot. Yeah. And when they come, you know, in whatever it is they win, you get an awful lot of tears. Oh yeah. Because that was it. That's what they were going for. Mm -hmm. And then you get this weird thing that I think, I don't think we should quite dive into, but then what do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and pretty much all of them experience that, like from the, the research and stories and there's stuff. There's going to be I've a read. level of depression that follows yeah. it when you've been working your entire life towards one thing and you get it. Yeah. Cause that, <laughs> cause then it's like, well then what? You know, and, and so then that the answer is set a new goal. You know, maybe it's in the same area of your life. Maybe it's in a different area of your life. But whatever it is, set a new goal 
and work towards that goal and try to pursue greatness in that goal. Right. It might need to be in a different area. It might need a little spin on it, Mm -hmm. but find something else and pursue greatness. I love the athletes that take their gold medal and then they use it to go out and help other people Mm -hmm. and they pursue greatness in that avenue. You know, oh, got got an Olympic medal in gymnastics and now I'm going to set up this gymnastics, you know, club in my local neighborhood and try and get like build up the youth through the sport. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Like whatever it is that people are doing, take the success and, and do something more with it. Just keep climbing. Maybe maybe your path kind of veers a little bit, but you just keep climbing into whatever avenue you're going. Right. But as always, maintain the big picture as well. Because oh, that's a good one. You don't want to compromise your health in the pursuit of that goal. Like that's where it kind of gets a little tricky. Like, yes, you want to pursue greatness, but you also have to pull back sometimes and and assess if that pursuit is actually tearing you down. Yeah, and I mean, there's only so much of you to go around. So if you have like six giant scary goals, you might not be able to get all of them simultaneously. Right. And if you do, you're going to completely give up sleep and eating and it's like is that the life that you want? Mm -hmm. Like, is that, is that actually achieving the goal? Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, well, I, I want to have this breakthrough at work and in order to do it, I can only sleep two hours a night. Is, is that goal really worthwhile? Is that the life you want that? Yes, you've got this at work because you're sleeping two hours a night and you never see your family. Consider the goal, like really think about the goal and why you want that. Like, Oh, well, I want to have a better life for my family. You don't see your family. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the trade off on some of these people that just work so, so hard in order to try and provide for their family who they never see. Right. You know? And I think then that would go back to what is your definition of greatness? Yes. Like, cause if you are pursuing greatness in all things, that definition of greatness is your definition. It's no one else's. Like you becoming the CEO of some fortune 500 company. If that's something that you really want to do, fantastic. But if that's something that you're doing because you think that that's what your parents want to do or your social community wants or expects you to do, and that's not really that important to you, then is that really greatness in your life? Like what does greatness mean to you? What does greatness look like in your life? Because like Kevin said, if you're having a job or you're pursuing these running goals that are huge and lofty, maybe you have a goal to qualify for Boston or qualify for the Olympic trials or who knows what, like maybe you just want to run um, a bunch of marathons, whatever that might be. Like, what is greatness to you? Why is that your definition of greatness? Why are you pursuing those goals? And make sure you keep it in the context of the rest of your life. Right. I mean, that was one of the issues that we had is we wanted to kind of put some numbers out there for the kids on our team. But when the standards come almost almost externally, which is sort of what you're referencing is why is that your goal? Are you try, Who are you trying to prove it to? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to prove it to somebody? Is that even something that matters to them? Or did you just think that, you know, your parents or whoever <laughs> wanted you to get it? That's such and a so, good point. So you blame them. Of, no, no, I have to get it because that's what they expect me to get. Really? Did you ever have that conversation with them? Yeah. And then uh, if you had that conversation, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. I played years of baseball because I thought my parents wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Turns out they didn't. Yeah. They did not want to watch me strike out time and time again and keep paying the fees. Um. (laughs) 
But that's what you thought they expected. That's what I thought, and they thought that I was enjoying it, and neither one of us had the conversation. Mm. So, um, so yes, figure out figure out what greatness actually means and why it means. That way, when you go to pursue it, you can actually pursue it enthusiastically and not just trying to, to prove something to somebody else or because you think that that's what they want from you. It needs to come internal. So we gave these kids some numbers, and I was talking to the boys on the team today. I'm like, these numbers are out there. But you got to realize that we just kind of came up with some numbers. You need to find something that really matters to you. And I think the number's a a valid number, but what really matters to you? Is it that number? Is it getting on varsity? Is it trying to see actually how fast you can be? Like, There's a lot of different ways to pursue this thing. And at the same time, you still have school. You still have social life. You're still trying to have some fun. You know, one of our best runners is like, after this one meet, I got to take off quick because I'm going with like six of my friends. We're going to see a football game. I'm like, perfect. Have fun. (laughs) Fantastic. Go do that. Yeah, exactly. So you need high standards in order to pursue the greatness, but just understand where those standards came from and what your definition of greatness is because that will make it much easier for you to achieve it. So if you would like to join a group of runners and awesome people that are pursuing their own versions of greatness, we would love to have you as part of our Facebook tribe. Head on over to realliferunnerstribe.com to request access to be a part of our awesome and amazing group. After you put in your email address, you will be directed to the link that will take you over to Facebook where you can then request access through Facebook as well. Make sure you answer the membership questions, otherwise you will not be approved because we want to make sure that you are a real person and a real runner that wants to join the tribe, not just you know somebody that's trying to join the group to spam it with a bunch of advertisements. So head over to realliferunnerstribe.com to request access to the Facebook tribe and then click the link on the page after you enter your email address to be taken over to the secret Facebook group. We would love to have you as part of it. And if you are on Instagram, please check us out at Real Life Runners over on Instagram. Follow us, tag us in your posts because we are now looking through and trying to highlight some of our tribe and some of our Real Life Runners out there. So tag us in your post at Real Life Runners and we would love to connect with you over on Instagram as well. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 105. Now get on out there and run your life. 